Hello, and welcome back to Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby. Thanks for joining us once again. Super pumped to jump into this. So we've knocked off the ACC, the Coastal, and the Atlantic, and now we're jumping into the SEC. So guys, thanks so much for listening, for watching. Um, you know, we've got uh, YouTube we're, we're jumping back into now, so super excited for that if you haven't already uh, please check that out. I mean, you just search Backyard Catch and, and you'll find us. We're going to do all these little previews. So a little bit of uh, housekeeping. So going forward, we're going to go after making little shorter clips of each of the previews. So it's not, you don't have to search and find on YouTube through the longer video. So that we're going to go through and um, update it that way more. But in audio, you can still have it all together. And I'll leave in the show notes everything with that so you um, you can listen to it all at the same time but if you want to jump ahead to the team you're most interested in we're going to do that and going forward instead of doing all of one division at the same time we're going to be doing basically trying to split them in half and so like for this episode we're going to go after doing uh, Florida Georgia and Kentucky we're just going to go in alphabetical order I mean just I thought that was the fairest way to do it so I'm not trying to do any biases as much as we can. So that's what we're going to do going forward. So this episode will be half the SEC East. And then going forward shortly, we'll do uh, the rest and then give out our predictions for the uh, division as a total. So with that being said, let's jump on to it first with the Florida Gators. So let's jump on in it with Florida. So they are in year one of the Billy Napier uh, program. He used to be the Furman quarterback back in uh, late 90s, early 2000s. He helped at uh, Clemson and Alabama, and he's been the head coach for the past uh, four years at Louisiana. Went 40 and 12 over there. Was arguably one of the top non-Power 5 coaches out there. And so this is pretty exciting that he's getting his opportunity in a rich tradition program like Florida, who, you know, won uh, titles back in the mid 2000s or late 2000s, but had a couple of good seasons with Dan Mullen. But then that came pretty crashing down, especially with um, just different things going on in the program and just the on-field performance not all the way living up to it just felt like it kind of fell down after they made that appearance in the SEC title game a couple years ago and so now you've got Billy Napier trying to rebuild Florida program and and, and also put his own image into it he's been known to have pretty big staff I want to say it's like 60 or so uh, personnel for the program, which has been really big. Uh, it's it's so it's really interesting with these first year coaches, how they approach with this whole trying to jump in on board with recruiting and 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 putting in your identity and having your mark on the program, but also having some realistic expectations for what they're taking over. I think culture is a word that's used a lot, and it's hard to know what that. I mean, people have different things of when they think about that and 
a lot of people can say culture, but then what they're trying to do and build into that. I think Billy Napier is a great coach, and I'll be really interested to see what he's trying to do. Uh, it's been looking like their style of like practice is, is documenting everything, has all these you know assistants trying to chart all these different parts of the program, really trying to know down to the nitty gritty of what's going on. And he's had the success of Louisiana and wanting to see if that's going to translate. I mean, they were ranked as a team as Louisiana is not a traditionally team that's even ranked in the top 25. So you're taking a Florida program where you have, you have the talent in the state of Florida and arguably now that was, that was a, a little bit of a tough issue. Cause you know, you have Dan Mullins like quote of like we do recruiting in the off season. Well, in today's day and age, you can't really do that, especially with NIL. So it seemed like they were getting off to a kind of a slower start with that, but now it's really picked up. But you have, you know, you're fighting against schools like Florida State and Miami traditionally, and then you have schools like Clemson and Alabama and Georgia all in your backyard trying to get your guys. And so, really, if they can keep all these Florida guys at home, which as of recently, you know, they're signing like a really good class. It looks like top 10 class as of this recording. So what do you do with that? And um, like I'm saying, what do you do? Like you have, what do you do to keep those guys at home is what I mean. And I think that's a big key because it's not like the players aren't there. It's just wanting to keep, wanting to keep more of those Florida guys home. If they can do that, they have the talent to really capitalize on that. And then it's with developing them into being that competitive in the East again. I think Georgia's clearly the mark right now and Florida wants to be that again. And so I think this hire could be really big. Uh, push with that. Um, traditionally in the past, they've run 11 personnel, uh, you know, what they did at Louisiana. So that's like one wide receiver, um, one running back, one tight end, excuse me. And so I'm expecting to see a lot of that. He used his quarterback at light that mobility and be able to get uh, quick decisions out there. And so I could see that being a really interesting dynamic with Anthony Richardson, you know, the star who's a star freshman last year who came over and took over for Emory Jones. So that's that's a really interesting part I want to see with that. Is that. Can they get back to that dynamic offense and really be forcing these uh, defenses to scheme around them for sure? So as you, know, you look overall in this program, a lot of different uh, preseason magazines or different um, outlets have them around that three to four mark, depending on who you ask, are composite of top uh, ratings, uh, preview magazines, has them at like four. And so I think the big question for them is what are the expectations when it comes to Florida? Because are they going to compete all the way with Georgia for the SCC East title? I don't know if that's really a fair thing to jump in right away. Now, can they turn around really quickly in year two and year three? I think if if they hit on these recruiting classes, I think that's very realistic. But for a team, I mean, they went six and seven last year, two and six in the East. That's just not acceptable at a school like Florida. And so I think you get back to that seven, eight win mark, maybe eight is a really good opportunity for them to build on and, and kind of even taking the bookmark of what they're doing at uh, South Carolina and, and, and hitting higher than they thought year one and then year two, hoping to build on that. But also you don't want the expectations to become exponential when the, the team's not all the way ready for that when they are trying to rebuild. So obviously the key for them is this team is as good as Anthony Richardson can take them. And I mean, he didn't have all the stats last year cause he was filling in part of the way, 
threw for 529 yards, six touchdowns, five interceptions. I think, you know, you want to cut down a little bit um, with that TD to INT ratio. He had three rushing touchdowns, 400 yards on the ground. So it, the possibility is there. It's just can they unlock him? And I think also, too, it's do they have dynamic playmakers at like receiver and running back so it's not all on his shoulders? Because you can have a great quarterback, but if it's all on his shoulders, it's not you can't unlock it at all as you as much because when you have to have other threats you have to be aware of. So I think it's really big um, when it comes to their running backs. You got Naquan Wright, Montreal Johnson. Um, Johnson is a Louisiana transfer. So as of course with some of these coaches, you'll get some of those guys transferring over. So he had 838 yards, 12 touchdowns. I could see one of those two guys taking over or doing some kind of dual running back but if they can establish that running game for sure especially with the legs that and the ability that Richardson has I think that'll really help wide receiver because wide receiver they just needs a couple guys to really be big you have like Justin Shorter Xavier Henderson Ricky uh, Pearsall who led Arizona State in uh, receiving yards and uh, touchdowns Shorter had 500 yards receiving they each had a couple touchdowns someone's got to step up in that. And I think if you establish the run, especially then you can have some of those bigger chunk plays down because you're only having, you know, one-on-one coverage on the back end and you just have to be aware of, you know, just being aware of the run. So I could see RPO definitely being a factor with them. I'd be curious to see how much they utilize that if they do. So that's the thing for offense is that I think they'll have some ability huge marker for them I think won't be as big is that the turnover margin they lost by eight last year I mean you just can't do that and I think so offense has to take care of the ball but defense really needs to be more uh opportune because that's the word I want to use just for capitalizing on that and really giving the offense some more opportunities this defense really needs to be improved I mean they gave up some big plays because they, you know, were holding you know passers under two about two hundred yards. It, they just gave up explosive pass plays. I think these are some key stats. They stats they give up explosive plays. They were hundredth in rush and seventy first in pass in the country with explosive plays. So they could hold, you know, some teams down, but then they would give up the big play, the big chum play. And I think especially the DBs are going to be very interesting to watch. And you have a guy like Jason Marshall. Who could be a real star for them, but I think that's the capitalizing for them. And I think with defense, you're getting a new defense, trying to get those personnel over. Is that can they stop the explosive plays, keep them in games? Like you can give up some chunk yards or you give up some yards, but you don't want to give the the big touchdown, the big thing. I think if they can control the ball, um, maybe be a little more methodical, but just they're the ones being the aggressors versus like getting you know the big plays hit on them so last one i thought was really interesting shout out to pick six previews for this but they were actually fourth in yards per carry and he has a rating that's called o-line run push to see how much his o-line is actually getting the push for them they were actually fourth in the country when it came to both of those so how much of that was like emory jones like in his running ability it's hard to say but i think that if that kind of stat can even just be remotely close to that I think that's a really big upside for them but when it comes to them I think that's the that's the threshold I'm kind of seeing is that maybe that like that eight win mark because you know right off the bat you got 
Utah. Then you've got Kentucky at Tennessee early. You have to play Georgia. They get Texas A&M. There's some hard wins in there. I mean, that, that's so I'm saying eight wins is maybe like about a marker that I'm kind of looking at. Is that successful? Seven, eight wins. Go back to a bowl game. Finish the year strong. So there we go. That is 2022 Florida Gators. All right, we're jumping back in, and this time we have our defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Got to give it to them. Took, I think it was 1980 the last time, and I know you Georgia fans are super pumped that you don't have to say that anymore. Now I can say as of 2021. But here we go. It's 2022. So what does this team look like? I think, you know, team riding high after that win, lost a lot of pieces. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see that from the recruiting rankings that this could be another great team, but lost a lot. And I think the big question nationally is when you're trying to be that first defending, I mean, when national championship was back to back since I think the 0708 or 0809, I always forget, but around that range for Alabama, they're trying to now do that. But the problem for them is they lost a lot of pieces. And, and those other guys are super talented. But I think we have to acknowledge that that's, a, that's still a big deal, even for a team like Georgia that's recruiting really well. They returned seven on offense. They only returned three, kind of three pieces on the defense. Listen to these crazy numbers. They had 15 NFL picks. 15. You start 22 you know, in case we forgot five first round defenders, seven defenders in the first three rounds. That's like, that's insane. They're breaking records. They only gave up like 10 points a game last year. They won off of that defense. You know, like the offense like did, they made key big plays, but obviously what we're going to remember about that 2021 team is their defense for sure. And, a lot of respect for that. I think for this team to do well, it's going to look a little different than it was in the past. So I think the big circle for them is Stetson Bennett is coming back. And some people question it. You know, maybe you ride off to the, into the sunset. Maybe you go on for that. I mean, he wants to cement his legacy as he's, he's not. I mean, it comes across to me as like someone who's not just a game manager as a quarterback. He is a guy who can play. He's been doubted all his career, all his life. There's a walk-on. I mean, still it felt like it was kind of reluctant from an outside perspective for him to even be the guy. But he's the one, you know, how all these talented guys come in, he's the one that helps lead them to a national championship. And now he's trying to cement his legacy as being one of the greats. And I think there's an opportunity to do that. I think it's a disservice if we just call him a game manager. The dude can play. And especially when you're having to focus on so many other pieces for them, especially with like running game, I mean, he can play. I mean, the stats don't lie. He threw up for 2,800 yards, 29 touchdowns, 200 yards on the ground. I mean, he accounted for 3,000 yards on offense. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. The question for him is, can he keep that going? You know, was that a one just a one great year or is this like is this more of who he is and I think that's the really big thing for him and so Todd Munkin likes to use a lot of tight ends and I think I mean 
a key player to watch for them. I mean, Stetson Bennett is like going to help lead the offense, but if I were to circle one guy that's like, I mean, if he can keep building as he goes, as Brock Bowers, the tight end. Guys, he, he is arguably the best tight end in the country. He led the country for tight ends with receiving yards, with 800. And then they have another two, I mean, awesome guys. They'll probably have maybe two or even three tight ends at the same time. But, I mean, I could argue he's going to win that award. And so when you have a great offensive line, when you have those running backs that are, I mean, they're new guys, but when you have all those pieces, I think that's going to be great. I think if Brock Bowers and Setsa Meta have a great year, this team can be very dynamic. I mean, you lose a lot of key pieces. You lose Slayer, you lose Davis, you lose Nicobe Dean as the leader of the defense. So they're replacing a lot of pieces. And so... You know, questions for them will be like, what about the front? What about like all those pieces you lost? And I've been hearing this and I, and I honestly kind of agree is it's losing some of the, maybe the cornerback pieces or losing like a Darion Kendrick who came in transferred from Clemson, like a guy like that. And, and I'm not saying he was like all the way, like, like super great. I mean, he did his job, but it's when they're not as strong in those positions as they were in the defensive front. I mean, they've got like Jalen Carter had eight and a half tackles for a loss, three sacks. Like they're going to be strong. They have those guys built in. It's will will they get the DB corner? Will they get that play strong enough to compete with the likes of like an Alabama, with an Ohio State, those kind of things? I think that's the question. Is we're going from a good to great kind of. Situation Like for me, I like the expectation coming in, I would think would be that they're going to win the division again. Is, is there someone else who's strong enough to compete with them? And if they're playing like they are in paper, I, I think the answer is it's their division and everyone else is playing for second and having a good year. The question is, are they going to make the playoff again? Are they going to win the SEC officially? They didn't even win it last year. That's the crazy part. As we forget, Alabama actually is the one holding the trophy in Atlanta. And now are they not going to make the playoff? Are they going to win and get a chance to continue to to build off of this and fight for another national title? I think that's what we're talking about for them. And it really comes down to will they be having guys step up? Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton, very explosive. And McIntosh had five and a half, uh, 5.7 yards per carry. Like They have explosive guys, but will those guys step up when they get – more the lion's share of the running game. I can see that being a lot of it. Defensively, I can see they might not be quite as good. You know, I mean, that team last year was just legendary and one like for the record books. And so if this team takes a slight step back, that's not a knock on them. It's just more honoring how good last team's year was. You know, like you can't be that every year. And so I think realistically, but I mean, if say they're keeping teams under... 16, 17 points a game. If they're under 20, last year they can show they can be that explosive. They're scoring 38 points a game. So, I mean, that's still going to be a great year. The interesting for them is, you know, game one on Saturday in Atlanta, they're facing their old defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning. How much of that will be a factor? I mean, I think that's going to be a big storyline. I think maybe less than what people might be all the way expecting because they're going for more of a, a co-defensive coordinator thing. And I think I'm imagining they'll switch some things up. But also, sometimes if you know what's coming, it, it doesn't matter. You still have to stop it. And I think that's a that's a different question for them. Oregon, I mean, I'm also, I'm not sure 
how it'll be interesting to see with them um like quarterback wise and just how they are in offense and that's a we'll, we'll get into that later but i think that's a big game for them i think how they do at south carolina is gonna be very interesting that place is gonna be hostile it's gonna be very i mean they're ready i think that's a big marker for both their seasons so I mean, and they don't get Alabama. They have to go out on the road at Kentucky late in the year, which could be very hostile. So they've got some big away games, especially late in the year. Florida's always big. So I think I think we're talking like definitely a double digit, you know, win team. It's just a matter of like, are they gonna be like ten and two after everything? Or ten and I'm sorry, eleven and one even with like a loss in the SEC title, you know, because, I mean, everyone's kind of penciling in them in Alabama and who's going to win again. And so, obviously, if you're trying to make the playoff, I, I don't know if you can always say that that's the expectation. I don't think that's fair for any team, honestly, to make the playoff because then when you don't, it's not like a privilege. It's almost like you view it as like it's your right or like because you're so-and-so, you get it. And I think for them, it's your expectations are you're playing Atlanta, you're in it with Alabama again. And as it's shown, it's it comes down to a flute, a few plays, and they're gonna be even stronger. Give yourself a finding chance and give yourself the wiggle room. See, even if you lose that game, of course you don't go into any games trying to lose, but I'm saying if you're going into it undefeated, you could take a loss, still be in the playoff, and do what they did again last year. But you if you have a loss out of Kentucky, out of South Carolina, you can't afford to lose that game more than likely and be in the playoff. So I think that's the expectation for them is what is this defense always going to look like? And I think we'll we'll figure that out once we get into the season, of course. But I think this is going to be a little bit more offensively focused team because you have these guys stepping up. You've got Brooks, you've got McConkey, Adani Mitchell. Like those guys I think will step up and you'll see a little bit more um, offensive led and maybe a little bit less pressure on the defense. But that's what I'm really interested in is that can they avoid losing one of the schedule? Can they avoid the hiccup? Have they taken that transition to be to being consistent with that year by year to make the playoff? So there you go. These may be a great year for Georgia, but it's be interesting. Will they make the playoff? And I think that's the big question for them. So there you have it. All right, and last but certainly not least, we've got the Kentucky Wildcats, the fighting Mark Stoops, who is going to be in his 10th season at Kentucky, which, I mean, just feels like he's been there for forever, but, I mean, still 10 years is a long time. And it still feels like he even kind of just got there. Um, but he's built he's built a, a contender in a, maybe not as traditional uh, football school, as even within their own athletic program. There's been some disagreements of what type of school uh, Kentucky is. And, you know, I'm also like, why can't they be both? Why does it have to be one or the other? But I also get that that's a whole separate conversation. But, I mean, even though the fact that that's a conversation is just proof of what Mark Stoops has been building there. They've, I think they only had two 10-win seasons, maybe even in their history, but a long time. And he's had two 10-win seasons since they've been there. And so uh, there's a lot riding high on it. And and can they keep building on this? You know, it took them out from being consistent middle of the pack, more of a, a bottom dweller kind of a team. And when it comes to football, to being a team that a lot of, t- a lot of people are picking to finish like second or third or like that upper sh- upper tier of, of the East. And so, you know, 
probably the composite has them about three. Athlon, Athlon has them going eight and four. Last year they went ten and three, which is a big deal. I think ten wins in any for any team is a big deal, and that's just a big marker of success. And so big, big props to them for last year. So the question is, can they repeat that? I think the question for them is, is because with that they're replacing a lot. I think people are high in them, but I think that we also have to be. I want to say careful, but you also have to be aware of what are they bringing back. Like last year's success doesn't always turn into next year being a guarantee. You know, well, we're just going to win 10, win 10 games again, or necessarily we're going to like not do as well because of all the young guys. It It's a very year by year, of course, and there's a lot of moving parts. And so that's why we do this. That's why we want to spend our time doing this and, and, and being up to speed with it. So they won 10 games. That's great. Another market that's very interesting, half their wins were by a score or less, you know? So they're kind of almost the flip side of, say, in Nebraska, where they, you know, famously lost like eight of their one score games or less. Half their games they won by a score or less. So you flip a couple of those, we're talking about, you know, an eight and five team, and it doesn't feel as like a big of a year for them. So, of course, they've got Will Levis, who is. Going to be a very strong uh, case for being one of the top quarterbacks in next year's NFL draft. And I think if he has another great year, then by all means, that they'll, if he has a great year and leading Kentucky to, you know, say eight, nine wins again, then, I mean, he'll be up there, I think. I mean, of course, he's the guy you circle for them. And I think he even has an outside shot, even for a Heisman, if he continues to build as even the NFL experts are saying. It's hard to put that on them all the way this year and or on him and, until he actually goes out and starts proving it a little bit. But there are some opportunities for him, of course. And so if, the, if he propels them, helps propel them to another 10-win season, and they're fighting with Georgia in that second to last week of the year, hosting in a night game at Kroger Stadium, I mean... He might see his name called in New York, is all I'm saying. Don't be surprised by that, especially with all the hype that he... His name's already being circled as one of the top QBs. We, they, everyone loves to do that. So that's the thing with him. You know, he threw for 2,800 yards, 24 touchdowns. He This is a very interesting stat. He's the first Kentucky quarterback since 2014 with over 3,000 yards passing and rushing. I mean, that's not... A, that's a big deal, you know? Um... However, this is another key stat that I think is very important for him. He's got to cut down on the turnovers. For them to be successful and continue that that level even more so, I think, this year, they've got to cut that down because they lost the turnover margin by 11. They had negative 11 turnovers and still won 10 games. That's impressive. And, of course, that comes with Chris Rodriguez, the running back. You know, There comes with not fumbling as much. That's not, not all on Will Levis, but... 24-13, like 13 is probably a little bit too many for this year. I think there's maybe a little bit less room for margin, especially when you're trying to replace all these pieces, especially early in the year. I think if he's trying to force it too much, it'll be very interesting to see how he's playing, if he's like trying to force it and prove that he is that guy or if he's letting the offense come to him and not trying to do more than what he's being asked to do, just being himself. I think that's a really big key for them. I mean, huge loss is Wondell Robinson. Uh, yeah, Wondell Robinson. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, you know, he had 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns. I mean, 104 receptions. I mean, the receptions and 
uh, in yards were school records, and it's hard to replace that. And honestly, I don't even know if it's all the way fair to replace that. You know what I mean? Like trying to find that one guy to do that. I think what could even be better for them is you're finding it within the system is you're having to fight that, not just stop one guy, but you're trying to fight a couple guys. Got a couple transfers. You've got Tavion Robinson from Virginia Tech. You've got Javon Baker from Bama. So we'll see if those guys can step up. I think you probably will see a little more even distribution across the board. A guy like Demarcus Harris, um, see if he steps up. You have an interesting freshman in Dane Key from Lexington, so from his hometown. He's a four-star. We'll see how he steps up into the offense. So I think you'll see the ball evenly distributed a little bit more. Another big factor into this is Chris Robinson, who or Chris Rodriguez, excuse me. Um, he unfortunately got arrested. Um, you know, back in back in the spring, and so as of right now, I'm not seeing exactly how many games he'll miss. It's looking like not as you know, not like the whole season or as many as we thought. Maybe around like four or something like that, which would bring him back ready to go at Old Miss and South Carolina and, and some of those types of games. So would miss Florida. He's probably missing the Florida game, which is week two for them. So. How much he misses will be very interesting. They've got a strong guy in Cavassier Smoke, who averaged five yards per carry. I mean, Rodriguez had 1,300 yards. So, but Smoke, I mean, Smoke seems like he, I mean, from what I'm hearing, he'll be good at filling in. Obviously, you want Rodriguez, but um, they won't miss as much of a beat, maybe, if Smoke can step up into that role, especially with how much they're missing. Um so that being said, I think it's just cutting down on the turnovers and seeing how that rolls. Also, they lost our offensive coordinator, um, but they've got uh, Rich Scandarella. I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, it's his first year, but he used to be the San Francisco 49ers QB coach. And he fits within that Sean McVay type of system, how they're rolling offense. So they're maybe not maybe a switching as much of the offense as might be anticipated. So... I mean, it's probably good for them, maybe not switching it as much. But they lost a lot, especially on the line. They're having to replace on both sides of the ball. So how much push they're getting there, and then they, can they give Levis and the running game enough time for that to develop? Because that's a really important piece of that is how they kind of go, especially on the road early with Florida. Hostile environment, you know, when they're the team coming in, it's usually it's the other way around. And Florida's been a team that's been – that was the monkey off their back to beat them but now it's like you're the team probably that's arguably like that that's a big game for them very early and you want to that's the next step for them in that type of game go on the road and beat them in a game that you probably are probably maybe even a slight favor or at least it's an even like an even spread and that's not an easy place to play so that's what i have for them um on defense they bring back all like their linebackers which i thought is, is, is pretty good, especially with the way they, they play defense and they're very seem like they're very sound and um and doing their job and having like seniors and all coming back for their extra year in the middle of their core, that's a big deal. Question for them again is on the defensive line, will they step will they step up and, and control the line of scrimmage? Because if 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 the defense is on the field a lot and they can't get off the field as much, you're getting your offense less time and you're letting you know, you're wanting to dictate the offense versus the other way around, of course. You know, I'm not saying anything like that's not obvious, but it's still like it's you're wanting to replace that. And I think so as we think about Kentucky, 
that's the thing for me is like, will they establish a line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball? They win that. I think they've got a great shot at doing really well again, but expectations for them. I think, I think an eight win type of season is really good for them. And you're fighting, you're fighting to finish, you know, top three, top two. I'd say they can finish second behind Georgia and everything goes right all the way. And maybe even fighting Georgia for the top spot, but I think realistically, if they can finish second or third, that'd be a big set for them. And say you put together eight win season, you know, nine, you finish nine with a bowl game victory. I mean, that's awesome. So I think a lot to be high on with Kentucky, but I think also too very interesting to see how they take last year's success and move it into next year to keep building that momentum. So there you have it. Right, guys well there you have it that is our preview of florida and georgia and kentucky remember you can find it on youtube apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcasts please remember to rate like and subscribe leave us a review it definitely helps us out get more people into knowing about us liking the show and just sharing just a love of college football and college sports and just getting pumped for the season Guys, we're less than two weeks away from week zero. Um, We'll have actual football coming very, very soon. So stay tuned, making your staying up to date with all that so you can keep all of our previews coming. So thanks so much for listening. And for now, we are signing off.